0: a psychological syndrome that is gaining much precedence in the workforce and personal lifestyle so are people experiencing burnout lazy and is burnout really an excuse for just being unproductive this is the young psychologist podcast Welcome, everybody. Thank you again for tuning into our humble podcast, The Young Psychologist Podcast. And I'm Jefferson, and I'll be your Young Psychologist for today. And for those who are still new in our podcast, I'm a clinical psychologist in training and is currently based in Malaysia. And today we are going into our second episode in our podcast. And it's a wonderful morning today, and it's also the weekend. So it's quite you know refreshing and, and just kind of feel excited today. You know I have I, and I have my tea here ready to accompany me in the wonderful morning here and today is a gloomy weather as well so it's a great pairing for me. I feel that tea at a gloomy weather is a very really good pairing and you know just shout out to those who prefer tea over coffee. I'm the one that actually actually preferred prefers tea over coffee. Because, because although coffee gave me the sense of you know energy and feeling energetic throughout the day, right? But I feel like tea is just something more comforting. It's more of a thing that I can drink every day. You know, as compared to coffee that I after drinking one cup, and I'll just feel too energetic. I wouldn't go for the next cup. But tea actually gives me just a sense of comfort. You know, it's warm. Especially today, it's a gloomy weather, right? So holding a cup of tea with my jacket on and in the aircon room, and you know in Malaysia it's quite hot, right? So even it it's gloomy and it's cloudy, we still need to have our air conditioning on. So today is just a very good pairing with the gloomy weather, a weekend morning, and with my tea. And today it's just the weekend after a very hectic week. You know, to, um this week I've just been through so so hectic. You know, things have been piling on, things have been going on, which is a good thing. I've been feeling that, you know, it's good that I'm feeling productive throughout the week, but at the same time, it's just, you know, it's, it's just can be quite tiring at some time, you know, and it's good that, you know, finally it's the weekend and it's a chilling day and it's time for me to get myself a more relaxed mode on. So today, I I believe that the podcast can be quite in a relaxing mode, I would say. And this week can be quite a hectic week um would say because of there is a holiday in the middle of the week which is Malaysia's Independence Day. So and I feel that, you know, being a holiday in the middle of the week can be even can be can be a reason why it's so hectic I would say because It's in the middle of the week and we have to schedule our work around the holiday. And you know, things have to be rescheduled or to be postponed and to cram a task for one week for five days into four days, which can be quite hectic, especially in Malaysia, where we're still going on with the five days work schedule. So it's just a very hectic week. So speaking of a hectic week, so today our topic for our podcast today is can be quite relating to our op- occupational um, functioning, our occupational lifestyle which is burnout. So today we are just going to be talking about burnout, we're sharing what burnout is and what are signs and symptoms and how we can really deal with burnout. In Malaysia I would say that burnout is very much still not um, being thrown out the window and people are still not very much understanding what burnout actually is. Maybe people right now are actually already experiencing burnout, but they just don't understand it. They're not aware that this can actually be a phenomenon. They may be quite um, confused to know that why they're experiencing such symptoms, such signs, but they just, they might not understand that it's actually burnout. It's actually an, a natural phenomenon. No, it's not a natural phenomenon, but an expected phenomenon especially when working in a high-stress workplace or you are in a, an environment that is in a high level of stress. Right. So today, we're just going to be going in to talk about, to just give a, like a burnout 101, you know, just to give a, a broad an explanation and discussion about what burnout actually is. Right. So why do people feel burnout? out? So based on the ICD um, definition, right, so if you're wondering what ICD means, ICD uh, stands for the International Classification of Diseases. It's actually by the World Health Organization, so it actually just includes Mm, condition that can be classified as a disease or it's the reason that can actually influence our um, physical or mental health. So based on the ICD-11 burnout is actually an occupational phenomenon meaning that it's a result of um, occupational um, reasons or kind of occupational stressors and it's, the source is mainly from occupational functioning. right? Although it's under the ICD, right? but it's not classified as any form of a medical condition. And it's even not a diagnosis under the DSM-5, so it's not a formal psychological diagnosis, but it is something that is raising much concern nowadays. So by definition, burnout is a syndrome conceptualized as resulting from chronic workplace stress that has not been successfully managed. So although here the, the definition says that it's a result from a chronic workplace stress, right, but I personally would feel like that burnout not necessarily a result from um, workplace stress. So if we say it's workplace stress, right? so it's very much affected by our workplace. And I feel like burnout can um, emerge from any type of stress, not just from workplace. Let's say for a student, student can actually um, experience um, burnout as well. Or for a stay-at-home mom, there's actually past research that um, reported that stay-at-home mom can actually experience burnout. So based on the WHO definition, right, it's a workplace stress. So how about for students and how about for stay-at-home mom? Those are not a workplace, right? Okay, although they are their responsibility, you know, as a student, as a mom, to study or to take care of their children at home. But that's not ne- not necessarily a workplace. So by judging based on the WHO definition, right? I would say that they can much be better um, enhanced or better replaced with the wording a workplace stress, because we're not not necessarily come from workplace and it can result from many types of stress in the environment so i would say that instead of saying a chronic workplace stress i would say that maybe you can say um chronic stress from a stressful environment right so for burnout it's actually also categorized by three different dimensions or three different characteristics as you would say so the first is that burnout usually um, result from a feelings of energy depletion or exhaustion um, the next would be an increased mental distance from one's job or one's occupational functioning. At the same time, they might feel uh, some negativity relating to that job. And the third um, character would be a reduce in professional efficacy or just a reduce in uh, a reduction in um, occupational functioning. So these three are the main dimensions that would um suggest or they will care or they will characterize one as experiencing burnout. Right, so that's um the main definition or the, the main overall um characteristics of burnout and I will go further you know in detail about what those characteristics are and how we can actually um um identify us as having as experiencing burnout by through these um characteristics so before we go there, maybe we can start to um, determine what are the types of burnout. So actually, there are different types of burnout and burnout is not just um, just a unidimensional. It's actually there's a different variety of burnout. So one of it can be um, the most common one, which is the overload burnout. So this um, particular burnout usually occurs when you are actually working harder than you can actually cope with um, the current stresses in order to achieve a desired success. So let's say you have a big proposal that you need to submit by the end of Friday, and this proposal can be a very, it's a very big deal, yeah. It involves, let's say it involves the, the whole financial um, part of the company and, and you'll finish it within, Um, this week so you can see how much stress that can be on how much burden how much responsibility that can be on your shoulder and burnout can actually occur when when you don't have the ability to cope with such burden and such responsibility and at the same time you have to work harder than your body can cope and then your mentally you're able to cope with it so this can actually lead to the first burnout which is the overload burnout. So this, um, actually people with um, overload burnout, they will actually risk their physical and together with their mental health in order to pursue of a good result. And this can actually result in um, severe exhaustion for the person because of um, the high stress and the inability to cope with it. So some of the signs of um, an overload burnout can be um, when you notice you're putting your work needs over your own personal needs, whereby you're working um, overtime, you're working much more than you should be working in order to achieve the goal. And then you actually neglected your own personal needs, you're putting your personal needs aside just to achieve such um, success, such good results. So that can be the first part of burnout, the overload burnout. So on the other spectrum, leads to the second burn second type of burnout which is the under challenge burnout so as the name suggests under challenge burnout actually resulted from working in a monotonous or non-stimulating environment whereby you know the the jobs that you're doing is um, less stimulating the job that you do fails to provide a sense of satisfaction to you and you feel like you know the things that you're doing it's not reaching your a sense of fulfilment that you can't reach whatever you feel like you want to do. So, commonly, uh, people will feel, you know, a sense of indifference, or they're feeling bored in their work, and also a lack of personal development from their work. So, this can be quite common among people, um, among employees who are um, overqualified in their current um, current task or current role. So, let's say, uh, a PhD student working as um, a waiter. I'm not saying that um, as a waiter it's a bad job, but it's just for a PhD graduate, right? Ex- they have the sense of expectation that they would want to contribute much to community. They w- want to commit to contribute their knowledge to their occupational task. So by having such expectations, and then suddenly you are going to. Um, the work that it doesn't fulfill your expectation that and that can be very much the reason for uh, under challenge burnout because they're having that sense of expectation they they want to do more but their current occupational role doesn't allow them to do such doesn't allow them to to fulfill the expectation so that can be quite a concern as well yeah and they can this also one of the current trend that i'm observing that I can see right now especially through the pandemic that a lot of people a lot of employees are, are being retrenched from their current work and they have to resort in finding um, other work that is very much uh, under challenge that we can see so much stories throughout the pandemic right in malaysia that um, like pilots they have to be um, laid off and they have to resort in um, selling um selling food on the food trucks. So, of course, if they feel a sense of fulfillment, then it can be a quite a, a satisfactory work for them. But if they're just working out of um, the need to um, sustain themselves or to need to care for their family, bring money home for their family, and they are the breadwinner and they have to result in the work that they don't feel a sense of satisfaction, they can be a recipe for under-challenged burnout. And it's very much common nowadays thinking that the pandemic has taken such a toll on us. Right. So for the first and the second burnout, so let's go to the third burnout, which is the neglect burnout, or also known as the worn-out burnout. So in the middle of the spectrum, right, people will do feel sense of um, will do experience burnout as well, especially when they are result, when they are feeling um, helplessness upon dealing with stress. Uh, let's say they are, doing, they, are, they are dealing with their job and they feel helpless when they are dealing with such stress so maybe their work is not really um, that um, extreme um, level of stress but they're having the inability to deal with their stress or as, as the name suggests a neglect burnout right so when the things that they have done they are being not Acknowledged upon, so they are being they are not being acknowledged by their superiors by their upper management of the things that he, they, they have done, so that can be a reason for a neglect burnout as well. So they can be experiencing a difficulty in controlling their emotions, controlling. They have a poor locus of control in the things that they they are doing, and at the same time they have a difficulty in fulfilling their expectations. So normally this they may result in the feeling of incompetence and at the same time they can feel a sense of frustration as well, you know, because they are trying their very best to do the things but they are still unable to, to do to achieve it and they can feel a sense of helplessness in a sense. Yeah, so those are the three main types of burnout. And you can actually see that burnout is actually being presented in a spectrum. So it means that you know burnout is not just a very monotonous, it's not you know, a very unidimensional. People can experience burnout in different levels and they seem to have different characteristics and, and different symptoms. So it's very important to identify yourself in which uh, end of spectrum that you are with if you are experiencing such symptoms. So by now you can actually kind of pick up a me saying that there's an increasing trend of people experiencing burnout. And to be honest, yes, in my um, clinical training, I've also seen that people do come in with a sense of burnout and they are, they can be quite confused why they're actually experiencing such. Because they would assume that they are just doing the things that they do on a not, on a daily basis and they don't know why they're know, feeling conf- they are feeling confused of why they're actually having such symptoms and it's something expected knowing that the awareness of people in this uh, field is still still growing, obviously it's still growing and burnout is kind of, actually not being talked much about and there's a reason why and I'll just go um, into it in a later moment. But before that, I'll just, you know, want to put it out there about the statistics of um, Malaysians experiencing burnout at this moment of time, you know, given that and um, after the pandemic and everything, right, there's an increasing trend of um, people experiencing burnout. And there is some factual statistics that actually prove um the increasing trend. So as you may have known, for fellow Malaysians, there was quite a craze, um, a lot of people sharing about a particular articles saying that Kuala Lumpur and the capital of Malaysia, Kuala Lumpur, is actually recognized as the third most overworked city in the world. So it's not just in like in Asia, it's not just in Southeast Asia, but it's actually the third most overworked city in the world. So when this article came out uh, in I think in the mid of this year, um, the Malaysians actually have been through quite a craze. They're quite surprised actually to to see that, uh, um, you know why would how would Kuala Lumpur be placed, be recognized as as this um as the most overworked city? Or some of you guys may actually expect um, expected it to be such because knowing that in your work or the nature of your work can be quite or you can be quite overworked. So the reason uh, why Kuala Lumpur has been uh, recognized as such as the third most overworked right is being measured by the number of days um people are working. And as compared to the number of days they are taking off. So as you can see, right, and I'm going into more detail about the number of days working and the number of days people are taking off, right? So there's another um, study saying that only 28% of Malaysians are actually making full use of their annual leave entitlement. And during, when they are taking leave, they are, they are able to fully disconnect from work. So you can see only 28% of Malaysians are able to achieve that. So saying that there are 72% of Malaysians actually having difficulty to disconnect themselves fully from work and at the same time taking, making full use of their annual leave. And it's actually quite a concerning um, data, concerning percentage to see that 72%, you know, that's a very big not big portion of people of Malaysian that are unable to disconnect from work. And given that they have the entitlement of annual leave, right, and they're not using full use of it, and that can actually explain why Malaysia, can, uh, I mean, why Kuala Lumpur can be the third most old overworked city in the world, because people are not really um, utilizing the annual leave. And I'm just uh, thinking that is it because that Malaysian, Malaysia has been given so much of public holidays and for those listeners, right, do you know that actually Malaysia has been grant has been entitled or been acknowledged as the country that in Southeast Asia with the most public holidays? <laughs> So I'm just thinking that is it because that with the, with the number of pub, public holidays that people don't really use much of their annual leave because they already have given the public holidays. But I'm still quite concerned that you know, that people are unable to disconnect fully from work even though they are in holidays and because in order to fully enjoy the holiday is to really fully and um, disconnect themselves from work so even though you may be on your holiday but if you're not fully disconnected from work you can still feel a sense of you know you're still working you're not fully on holiday and it can be a reason why people are experiencing burnout as well because they're still they're still not psychologically detached from work even though they are in holiday and um, there's also another statistic saying uh, particularly on burnout symptoms right over the last three months i think this um research has been done in this year as well so over the last three months there are 58 percent of Malaysians of Malaysian employees actually experiencing burnout symptoms, and among those um, employees, actually younger adults were 20% more vulnerable to burnout. You can see how younger adults can actually um, be more vulnerable to burnout because they, they can be just out in the workforce and they are still young, they are still not not real experience on how to deal with um, burnout how to deal with um, the stresses in their workplace and can be said that younger adults are very much underpaid in their work and they can be quite a stressor for their, their burnout as well because of the increasing um lifestyle, the increasing cost of living, and our wages, our salary doesn't really help us to achieve what we are expected to achieve. So that can be driving um younger adults to, um, to work um, different jobs, uh, multiple jobs, or even work overtime just to get um, the salary that they're expected to live. So there can be, I would say that that's why um, I would see why the reason that younger adults are more um, more vulnerable to burnout. So based on statistics, you can see, right, it's actually quite a concerning um, statistics, right? A quite concerning issue in Malaysia that people are experiencing burnout, but it's not being addressed That And that can be a reason why, because of some myths that uh, I would say Malaysians are having about burnout. These are just my personal observation, right? And some of my stories that I can get from um, my clients about um, burnout. So there are some myths that I I would say about um, employers thinking about burnout. So first of all, people might think that burnout is just being lazy. So let's say you're an employer and then you're seeing one of your employees is just lying on the table and taking a break. So you might perceive that your employee is lazy is taking a break in the middle of the work right so what if this um, particular employee is not being lazy but is actually experiencing burnout because as, my, as a characteristic of burnout is um, severe exhaustion physical exhaustion so for people experiencing burnout it's they will naturally wanting to f- to take more rest and if they are definitely tired most of the time they're fatigued from their work so um, given that they are um, taking a break from work, right, that can be a, a sign of a burnout as well. So, you know, of course, you have to determine whether it's a um, person who is being lazy or is, being, uh, is actually experiencing burnout. So there's some, the myth saying that burnout is being lazy. It's, it's quite it's quite deliberating. It's quite de- discriminative as well. So we try to imagine that an employee is already experiencing burnout and they wouldn't know that it's burnout. They were just quite confused at why they are still tired even though they have enough of sleep and they are being told by their manager, are, by their, their upper management, their superiors thing that they are being lazy, they are being tired most of the time. It can be quite you know, hurtful. It can be quite discriminative for them because and, and it can be quite confusing for them even because they're already experiencing such. They don't know and they wouldn't know they're experiencing burnout and they're being told of, it can actually perpetrate um, the experience of burnout because when you know, you're know you already helpless and you don't know what to do and you're unable to cope with your stresses and then there are more stresses coming into your uh, work life. So it can be a uh, perpetrating effect on the burnout as well. So this is one of the myths of burnout, that burnout is not just being lazy, it's not just being tired, it's more than that, it's a mental condition, it's a psychological phenomenon, it's a psychological syndrome of um, in the occupational functioning. So secondly, uh, the second myth of burnout is that um, you will also hear people having that um, label too. Those who are experiencing burnout is uh, very unproductive, they are unable to do things at their job, they are unable to f- complete the task. Yes, that can be uh, one of the characteristics of burnout, that um, unproductiveness, um, a lack of uh, efficiency is one of the same signs and symptoms of burnout but there are also um, some people um, although they're experiencing burnout they are able to carry out their task you can still remember the first type of burnout right overload burnout so these people they're actually driven they're actually driven by their sense of productivity they, they want to achieve a lot in a short period of time right so they can be productive as well so it doesn't mean that people who are burnt out is unproductive and even if those who are experiencing a severe burnout they are experiencing severe exhaustion they can still be productive they can still um, accomplish their task just that they at the same time you know um, suppressing their stresses, suppressing their experience, suppressing their signs of burning out just to accomplish their task, especially when this person is a breadwinner of the family and then they're at a risk of um, being um, being retrenched if um, their, their superiors have seen them being unproductive. So it can actually quite see how much stresses they're in and they're actually experiencing burnout and yet they have to be productive. So it's just a very quite stigmatizing thing to say that a person experiencing burnout is unproductive, which in fact, they can be productive as well. So the next myth about burnout, I would say this when um, people start to say, when you start to feel burnout, it's time to change your job um okay so maybe the the nature of your job can be the reason why you're feeling burnt out for example like under challenge burnout right the nature of the job itself is the reason why you're feeling burnt out but for some other jobs right it it doesn't mean that the nature of the job is the reason uh why you should change your job because you're uh, when you're st- starting to feeling burnt out, because burnt out, um, is not it's not only um, because of the nature of the job. It can be a lot of different other reason as well. It can be the reason uh, you're having inability to cope with your job, and uh, cope with the stresses, and you don't have um the the right strategies to deal with the stresses, or even that it's not your. Uh, mistake that you are feeling burnout. It can be like the stresses given you from a superior, maybe the management um, strategies, the management skills from an upper management. Is it doesn't put you in the right environment, so it doesn't mean that because of feeling burnout that you have to change your job. We should always see what are the reason for the burnout. What are the stresses? What are the source of the burnout? So try to imagine that when you feel burnt out, and it's be, it's not because of the nature of your job, it's because of other stresses, other environmental factors, other psychological factors even, and you're always changing your job. It doesn't make sense, right? Because the, the source of the stress is still there, the source of the burnout is still there, and it's maybe not just because of the nature of the job. So if you just change, keep on changing job, you're still going to feel burnt out because you haven't, um, you haven't explored, and you haven't resolved the, the source of the stress, the source of the burnout. Yeah. Okay. So the last myth that I would want to put out there is that, um, people would I would hear many people saying that burnout is just uh, his depression. No, it's it's just one of uh, the signs and symptoms of depression, and there is also um, things saying that. A work-related depression can actually lead to burnout but it doesn't mean that um, depression is the main source of burnout. Although that the symptoms of depression can overlay with the symptoms of burnout but it doesn't mean that burnout equals depression because um, people with burnout they can actually have a higher levels of daily functioning as compared to people experiencing depression. So although people with burnout they have um, poor productivity, poor efficiency when it comes to work, but other than work related tasks, they can actually perform well. They can they can actually have good functioning, but as compared to persons with depression, right, with um, clinical depression, they may have difficulty in um, fulfilling. Um, daily task, they have they have difficulty to carry out daily functioning, so this can be a major major distinction between burnout and depression, and also that um burnout actually has less impact on social functioning as compared to depression, because. Um, depression, right? People with depression, may, most probably they will feel um, they will have a sense of um social isolation. So, but for people with burnout, actually socializing can actually be one of the um one of the ways to deal with burnout. So they actually crave for social function, and maybe just um, maybe because of socializing, they can actually detach themselves from work related tasks. We can actually help them with burnout. So people with burnout they will have less impact on their social function and they would actually some people with burnout actually wanted to to go out more to socialize just to detach themselves from work and lastly burnout symptoms will fade away when they are away from work for example like when um they are taking a long break from work they actually can help them to heal um to resolve their burnout symptoms and burnout symptoms can actually be resolved when they are away from the res- the source of their of their burnout for example from their work but for people with depression it actually pers- their symptoms actually persist over different settings over different situations so let's say even if the person with depression is at work, so even if they go for holiday, they will continue to experience um, symptoms of depression. So it doesn't mean that burnout is equals to depression, although the symptoms is, can overlay with one another, but it doesn't mean that burnout is depression. And it's a very wrong wrong label to say that when people are experiencing burnout, then it is depression. So it can be a very... And, and depression and burnout is a very different, um, has a very different approach when it comes to treatment, different direction as well. So if we are just labeling um, burnout is depression, then it can be a quite, a, the, the treatment approach can be quite different and people can have a different um, direction when it comes to treatment as well. So we just want to, you know, um, this thing, um, the difference between burnout and depression okay so that's what burnout is and you know the just to throw out something about the myth of burnout and then just to you know um allow the community to really see what burnout really is and not to um, mislabel burnout as something else so maybe at this point you would think that okay jefferson is just rambling about what burnout is and then it's just so much of rambling about burnout so what are things what are signs of burnout I would believe that this can be much more um, meaningful, right? There are different categories that I have, um, I have um, organized them to different categories of um, the science of burnout. You know, me just being me would like to always categorize things and, you know, just try to stay, keep things organized, right? So one of the categories for the science of burnout is the occupational part so burnout is as mentioned just it's an occupational phenomenon right so of course the signs would involve the occupational area one of the occupational signs of burnout would be the loss of motivations for work related tasks so let's say uh, keeping uh, so let's say you're entering the office you're going to work you're turning on your laptop but then you don't feel a sense of motivation to do the things that you would want to what you expected to do so this sense of loss of motivation can um of course it can um, result from many things but it can be a sign of burnout as well because burnout is a, a, a mental exhaustion right so when person feel mentally exhausted of course they will don't they don't really feel a sense of motivation to continue to do the things because this the, the tasks are the reason for for their mental exhaustion right so of course um, naturally people wouldn't have a sense of motivation You know, this is a natural phenomenon, right? People wouldn't be attracted to do things that give them a sense of negativity, a sense of stress. So, a loss of motivation can be a very significant sign for burnout. So, next would be a dissatisfaction with your work. So let's say at first you are a you are a new employer and then you feel very much satisfied with your work, but over time you feel like the work doesn't give you a sense of satisfaction anymore. And you couldn't find a reason why. And even though no, no matter how much how many things that you have been doing, you still do doesn't feel a sense of you still don't feel a sense of satisfaction. So this can be a sign of burnout as well. So other than that, procrastination, yes, is very I would say procrastination is a very common thing that people feel. Even I procrastinate in the things that I should be doing. But underlying uh, procrastinating procrastination, right, there can be a reason of, there can be a sign of burnout as well. Because if you don't feel motivated, if you don't feel satisfied with your work, of course, you wouldn't want to start to initiate the work, right? So a sense of the, the procrastination comes along with it. Although that, you know, people when it comes to procrastination is very common and we do procrastinate sometimes, right? especially when the phone is with us and then there are so many distractions, people tend to procrastinate. But if your procrastination um, is getting more severe and you, you actually notice that you procrastinate even more or given to a particular task that you feel procrastinated to, that can be a concerning sign as well. Or even you procrastinate to... Um, Everything that you in at work, for example, like even you procrastinate in reply and email, and procrastinate and, and starting with a proposal, and procrastinate in even going to a meeting, you procrastinate, you, you find excuses for it. It can be quite an, a concerning sign, right? Because people don't normally procrastinate because when it comes to work, when it comes to the thing that important to them. So when, it, when there's a sense of procrastination, then of course we have to be more concerned. And the last occupational sign that I will share is that absenteeism, so absenteeism, it's quite, um, it would say it's quite a very severe level of burnout already because you're already avoiding going to work, you already find excuses to go to work entirely, so so other than you having a valid reason for your, for your absenteeism, right? Or maybe you just feel like you doesn't want to feel to go to work uh, like you like when you got out of bed, you feel like, okay, I don't want to go to work today. So I'm just going to call in and say, and you're going to find a reason that you don't want to go to work. So, and this reason can be a made up reason. For example, you tell your boss that you are feeling sick, but in fact, you are not feeling sick or maybe burnout is a form of sickness, right? Or maybe you're, you're just telling, okay, maybe you're just telling your boss that you are feeling sick, you don't, you're having fever, but in fact, you don't have fever, but you just don't have the motivation to go to work and this can be a, a very and it can be a quite severe sign i would say because it actually prevents you to go to work entirely already so these are so very common among um students and let's say high school students right when they're always finding excuses not to go to school and it can be a reason why people students don't want to go to school right because um, in school that's where their friends are and it's quite constant is, is that they can actually experiencing educational burnout or there can be other reasons. So these are things that we have to look through. So burnout is actually, um, as mentioned, is a physical exhaustion. So of course you have physical signs when it comes to burnout as well. So first is the fatigue from work, fatigue, the, ex- the exhaustion, the tiredness from um, occupational tasks, not only from work, but occupational task. So you're experiencing low energy, you don't feel like you want to do things even though okay, even though you, are, you have uh, ample hours of sleep but still feeling tired when you're at work, you're you are still feeling tired when you're going to school or even feeling tired knowing that you need to get up from bed and to go to work or go to school. It's something quite conflicting, right? Because you did really have enough sleep but you still don't feel the energy to work. So that can be a sign of burnout. And some of the physical science also can be related to, you know, you're, you're experiencing headaches when you're at when you're doing your occupational task. Like, let's say you're um, doing a proposal, right, and then proposal for work, and then you're constantly having headaches. But there's no reason that you can't find any reason for the headaches, you know. You're in a very comfortable environment, just that you're having a headache every time you want to start doing and you want to start doing your proposal so this headache is only um, a when you are doing your proposal when you're doing your work so this can be a read that can be a, a sign that you're already experiencing burnout when it comes to that particular work right so and then this st- in terms of psychological signs, psychological areas of burnout, poor concentration is also one of the observations that we can see when, if we are experiencing burnout, that we don't feel, um, we, we can't pay attention to the things that we work, and then, you know, this can be quite related to the procrastination, right? So, we just, um, we are just being productive for five minutes, then we also, we Kept on, um, looking for excuses. We kept on looking for distractions from our work. So then we we don't we are not attentive to our work, right? So memory issues when it comes to um, memorizing things related to your task related to your work related to your occupational task, when you have issues um in, when it comes to memory, it can also be a sign of burnout already. And these are quite common. These are quite expected, right? Can be quite normal as well. And then other than uh, these two um, emotional outbursts, yes, frustration, a sense of frustration because you may be feeling burnt out and you don't know why. You're keeping feeling angry about the things that you are doing and then you're feeling frustrated because you can't finish them. When you're doing the things that your superiors are not acknowledging you about your efforts, um, frustration can be quite a normal reaction. Right, especially of course when you don't feel um, acknowledged about you don't feel um satisfied with your things you do, of course you'll feel a sense of frustration. And together with agitation you feel like, you know, you are you're you are restless, you can't sit down properly, you're agitated all the time, you're you're always on your toes. And these are the the signs of burnout. And of course the sense of helplessness when it comes to your work. So these are the things that um can can be a, a concerning sign when it comes to burnout. When it comes to burnout. But of course, um, these signs can be a reason for other underlying issues as well. So for example, like people with um, underlying anxiety issues, they will have poor concentration and memory problems and even emotional outbursts can be a reason for, can be a sign of their anxiety as well. So we have to properly identify whether these are uh, our underlying issues or they are relating to our burnout. So lastly, I would, also su- I would also suggest that one of the signs of burnout is actually social withdrawal. So as in conviction to what I have said about like some people experiencing burnout, they crave for social engagement, right? Some people, on the other hand, they will feel a sense of you know burnout when it comes to socializing. People, like introverts, right, they will feel burnt out when they are going out for too long and they are dealing with people for a long period of time. They will feel naturally burnt out. So some people with burnout, they will naturally feel they want to um, isolate themselves. They want to stay at home. They don't want to, you know, continue to put much effort when it comes to socializing because they already have enough exhaustion from work. So some of the people would naturally feel that they wouldn't want to socialize with people they want to stay at home to you know have more um so-called me time at home. But in fact, sometimes when people are at home, they can actually the, their signs of burnout can actually persist to when during that time they are not at work as well. So social withdrawal can be a significant sign of burnout. So maybe you can also ask, right, so who are those people that are at risk of burnout or what are the factors that can lead to burnout? Right, so talking at um, the individuals who are at risk of burnout. So um, I would say that healthcare professionals are in a very high risk of um burnout, especially like in doc- medical doctors, nurses, and even for counselors, psychologists, they're having a very high risk of burnout because they're always dealing with um, in a stressful situation, they're dealing with people, and the things that they do, they would feel a sense of like. Uh, they have a sense of responsibility or a burden when it comes to dealing with people. For example, like me as a s- clinical psychologist, right? I do feel burnt out sometimes after talking to many clients, after helping them to deal with um, their issues, especially when some issues they don't have any re- way of resolving them, and they don't have. I don't have any answers to my client, and it it can be quite um, a helpless moment, right? But I'm not saying that to my clients out there. I'm not saying that listening to your stories is um, is is the reason for my burnout. And I'm not blaming you for my burnout. I do love my job. I do love talking to people. I do love helping uh, my clients to resolve their issues. Just that we are at risk of burnout, and we have to. And we as healthcare pro- professional, we have to deal with. We have to find ways to deal with our burnout as well, and to manage our stresses at work. Right So other individuals That are at risk of burnout Are routine workers For example Like factory workers Where their task Is ru- very routine Can actually lead to Neglect burn up, burnout as well. Because their work Is so routine They are doing the things All the time Continuously doing the things All the time And there's no other sense Of uh, um, stimulation There are no other sense Of um, Sense of satisfaction for them, so they are also at risk of burnout. So next time you are seeing a security guard at, uh, at your shopping mall seeing a security security guard when you are passing by, going into your housing area, so try to understand that they are at risk of burnout because the things that they are doing is very routine, and there there they are no stimulation, and they some of for security guards they have to look, they have to work long periods of hours, and some of some like night shift, right? They can be. Ury, um, it can take a lot of toll on their mental health and as well as physical health, right? So other than, um, so other than those, um, people with a certain types of personality traits they are at risk of burnout as well. For example, like workaholics, perfectionists, they're also at risk of burnout because they're always wanting to achieve more. they always wanting to achieve the things that they do in their work. And perfectionists, like myself, always want things to be perfect, want things to be more organized, to be, to be things that I would always want things to be achieved in my own way, in my perfect way, which is can be sometimes quite irrational. So these are things that when we want to achieve more, when we want to achieve perfectionism, it can actually put us um up above our um tra- our threshold when it comes to stress tolerance. Because we want to achieve it, we want to achieve it, we need a short period of time. And then if we couldn't achieve our perfectionism, we couldn't achieve the things in perfect way, then we will feel a sense of demotivation. We will feel we doesn't we will feel a sense of dissatisfaction. So that can be um, the reason for burnout as well. So these people with these certain personality traits can be can have a high risk of burnout. And the last one is that I would also like to put it there as I mentioned multiple times. Right, students can actually having a risk of burnout because the tasks that students are going through, for example like high school students, they're it their work they are responsible is very routine. Every single day they are going to they are going to school and they their responsible in school is just to learn. Then after learning then have to do homework. So after coming home they are, it's very routine. They're they're doing homework and Then some even in you know in our Asian culture, right? Our parents would send us to like arts, art classes, like piano classes or like um, ballet classes and even like on top of uh, six to seven hours in school we would have to go to attend tuition and so you can see how much uh, work we how much responsibility and how much burden we have on our shoulders as students and of course in Asian culture we always our parents will want us to achieve in a highest score you know if you know there's a saying that uh, as an Asian we have to get an A because we are Asian we are not b we are not c we are Asian so we always have to get an a. So this expectation onto students can actually leads to them having burnout. So what are the factors that can actually lead to burnout? So as I think you can actually get the idea of what other factors that can lead to burnout already after through my discussions previously, right? So highly stressful working environment is the main cause of burnout. It's the main reason for burnout. Okay, not just a working environment, but the the occupational environment. So a student. The environment at school, the environment environment at home So let's say if the school is an elite school So of course the stresses will be on top of the roof right? And for um, parents at home, they are always pressuring their students to get an A To get uh, a good result So these environments are the reason that people experience burnout so similar goes to working environment or even like as mentioned just now, a uh, stay-at-home mom or stay-at-home parents, they are in a stressful working environment, right? Because they have to take care of the child, um, maybe their child has um, different, maybe um, their child has uh, some sort of disability, then their stress level is naturally increased. So these are the environments that uh, leads to burnout. So burnout is not just only in workplace, but it can be in various environments another reason why people leads to why because people can experience burnout is that people having a poor work life balance. So you're always hearing that work life balance, work life balance, right? So in fact what is a work life balance? So work life balance is, is able to um attack able to categorize or able to detach yourself between what is work and what is your life right so people who have dif- difficulty in you know um, separating these two into distinctive categories or distinctive um, elements can actually experience burnout because their life is actually infiltrated by work and their work is actually infiltrated by their life so this the the, the mixture of between work and life and the and the difficulty and the inability to separate between one another is the reason for burnout as well so speaking of where in our asian culture we usually have this culture known as the ot culture or the overtime culture so people would presume that um, an employee who are working overtime is, uh, is a um, is a productive is a productive employee so people are often taking ot should be be um, should be glorified, should be acknowledged as um, employee of the month, but is it really that way? Is it really that um, um, getting more OT is being more productive or is it the other way around? Is it because you are unproductive in your work, so that's why you need to get more OT? And I believe that is in the Korean culture, right? If you're upper superior, they haven't leave work yet. You are not allowed to leave work because that's the culture there. So, Is this the thing that why we have to, is this the culture that that should be uh, empowered there in a working life, in a workplace? Because having more OT means that you're having less hours of life for yourself, but you're spending more hours at work. You're spending more hours spent in a stressful environment. So this uh, OT, so-called OT culture is the main lead of burnout as well, right? But another thing is a lack of sleep or poor sleep hygiene is also the reason for burnout because sleep is the time where we get rest and we haven't get enough rest, then it can lead to exhaustion. So on top of your exhaustion from work and you didn't have enough time for sleep and it's a snowballing effect. The last factor I would say about burnout is very much uh, what we're experiencing nowadays, especially the new norm uh, in the pandemic era, right? So remote working was actually known as uh, factors for burnout as well so let's say working from home studying from home going online lectures these are the reasons for burnout and i would very much say that because of remote working right we are working from home and going back to a uh, work-life balance right when we're working from home we are unable to detach ourselves from the environment So we would say that um, we always need to detach ourselves from a working environment and the environment where we get rest and we spend our life and spend our leisure time. So by remote working, we're we're putting both um, environment in one. So we're unable to detach ourselves from that. And for remote working, right, we are distracted by many things as well. For example, like life, for example, you your parents, you are being distracted by your children, by um, you, maybe um, your, the environment at your home is not a conducive environment for working. So remote working can actually contribute to uh, increased risk of burnout. So these are the reasons can actually contribute to burnout as well. Right. So finally, so after knowing that the signs, you know the risk. So how we can deal with burnout? So first is that always have a personal check in with yourself. So I always do this. I always for I will always utilize the pomodoro technique when it comes to my work. So after twenty minutes of working, I always give myself a ten minutes break, to in order to check, to check in myself to see how is this work. That I'm doing affecting me. Is it this work that is giving me more stress? Is this work that is contributing my stress at this moment? Or is is this stress that is giving me a sense of satisfaction? So if this stress, this work is the reason for my stress, right, then how can I, you know, uh, make myself better? Or how can I improve this work in order to resolve the stress, in order to reduce the stress? So taking short breaks between work is actually um, can be a good way to deal with it because it actually gives you a personal check-in to, to get a better insight of your work. So in fact, um, there is a research saying that only 22% of employers actually understand the importance of personal check-ins or, un- or actually understand the importance of taking short breaks between work. So only 22% of employers understand this. Right, next, maintaining a good work-life balance is a good way to, um, to deal with your burnout as well. Setting boundaries with your work and your personal life. So this is uh, one of the rules that I, I live by as well when it comes to my work-life balance, which is the 888 rule. So what does it mean That is that um, in our course of 24 hours in our life, right, we will segregate our 24 hours into three different um, components. And each component has 8 hours So for example, the first 8 hours I will contribute it to my sleep Because I I have to get 8 hours of sleep Every time If I get more, if I get less I'll be a very cranky person I'll be a very cranky Jefferson So I always have to get 8 hours of sleep So the remaining 8 hours I'll contribute it to my work So for 8 hours I'll just do my work-related task And the last 8 hours I'll contribute it to, uh, to my leisure time For example, I'm doing this podcast is one of my leisure time and I'm a person who likes gardening as well. So I'll contribute these um, eight hours to my leisure activities. For example, spending time with my family, spending time with my pet dog, spending time with my friends, or even go through my um, social media or going go to like watch a movie at home. So these are the time that I actually give myself to relax, to leisure down, right? So this is the rule that I live by. So maybe you can, it's, if it's good for you, you can give it a try. I find it quite um, beneficial to me. So, another way to maintain a good work life balance is, that, uh, is to practice a psychological detachment. So, one of the ways that I always practice is that because when I'm going to clinic, I will have my name tag on. So, every time when I leave um, the clinic, when I'm going home, I would um, take off the name tag. And at the same time, I will have a ritual when it comes to taking off the name tag. So, uh, every time when I want to take off my name tag, I will tell myself that okay, after I took off my name tag, I'm no longer a clinical psychologist. Right now I'm a son, I'm a friend, I'm a brother, and I'm a boyfriend. So these are things that I I would tell myself. uh, The ritual itself can actually detach ourselves. So after taking off the name tag, I will just roll it up, put it in my bag and then continue with my life. So these are the, the rituals, and even in doing a ritual itself is a form of psychological detachment. So this it can be quite an important thing to do. So maybe some of you might, maybe um, punching your card is a form of detachment. So maybe you can tell us, be mindful when you're punching out your card, saying that, okay, now I'm punching out my card. So after punching out my card, I'm no longer an employee. I'm, I'm uh, let's say I'm a wife, I'm a husband, I'm a father, then you can tell that okay, I'm right now. I'm gonna take this responsibility after punching on my card because I'm no longer an employee anymore. So uh, I believe just now we have mentioned, um, socializing is a way to, um, to deal with burnout. And although so, some people who are who are introverted like myself, socializing, uh, can be a quite a difficult task. But so we always go back to you know finding the right person to socialize with, you know finding the person they are able to understand, they are able to listen to your stories, and to socialize to find the right person to socialize lah. So instead of just going with a bunch of friends and you just and then you feel drained after that. So this. Um, there's there's they can counter reaction if you didn't socialize with the right person, right? So the last thing I would uh, suggest in order to deal with your burnout is to find out the reason what's causing the burnout. I believe I have shared this um, earlier just now, right? So instead of just going to, um, to you know, looking at the superficial issue and dealing with them, so what is the reason for um, the burnout? So other than just um, having a personal check-in, making a good uh, work-life balance, exercising, these are very superficial things to deal with the signs of burnout. So what in order to fully deal with the burnout is that we have to find the the main reason for the burnout. So let's say the main reason is that the the working environment is not a conducive environment. So is it that changing an environment is a good way or changing a job is a good way? Or maybe telling your uh, upper management what are the things that they can improve to to have a better working environment is a good way to, to deal with your burnout. Or maybe the burnout is that your, in, uh, your inability to cope with stresses. So is it that uh, helping you to find more um, better way to cope with your stress, it can be a reason, it can be a way to resolve your burnout or is it that the home environment that let's say your um, children are uh, the main reasons for your burnout they are giving you stress so what if discussing with your partner about what we can do you can separate the responsibilities as a parent to reduce your burden reduce your responsibility and to share the res- the sense of responsibility and can that can that be the can that be the way to resolve your burnout so always going to the root cause of your burnout is the main I would say is the the long term goal of dealing with your burnout lah right okay so um, so I think that's pretty much about burnout we have been talking a lot about burnout today and you know because burnout is a very there's already there's a lot of factors involving burnout and it's a very big story when it comes to burnout right as you can see from just now right there's a lot of things to share about burnout and just want to you know, throw it out there to, for a lot of people to really understand that burnout is not just about being lazy, It's not just tiredness. It's a form of psychological phenomenon. It's, going back, it's a, it's a psychological um, syndrome. There has to be a reason for it, it has to be um, dealt with psychologically. Right? Before I end um, today, maybe I can give a, a very good recommendation that I found is about burnout okay so this is um, a video from TED talk so I, I believe a lot of have, have been quite familiar with TED talk right so this is a TED talk by uh, Emily Nagoski and Amelia Nagoski they are both sisters talking about in the psychological field they're talking about um, burnout so the title for their um, talk is that the cure for burnout hint it isn't self-care which I find it quite because self-care is not the it's not the way to deal with burnout Because no matter how much you are caring for yourself If the issues are not being dealt with Then the burnout is still will be there Going back to the one of the ways to deal with burnout is that, Find out the reason for it I think self-care can be a, re- a way to deal with it But it's not the most efficient way I would say so in their um, video in their talk they are talking about um, how um, communicating about your signs and your uncomfortable feelings to people can actually help with um, dealing with your burnout so going back to socializing with people so socializing people talking about it's a form of expressing emotion because burnout because these are just burnout can be an emotional um, build up. From your work from ocup- occupational tasks, right? So, by talking out to people, expressing your feelings to people is a good way to deal with your burnout as well. And some more, they also talk about how to identify the sources of, of burnout. So I believe this is a very good um, video to share to um, our fellow listeners here. So on top of the things that I have shared, so, they, um, so both of them actually shared some um, useful um, information as well about burnout. So I'll be um, including a link to that um, talk in the show notes. So after listening to this, so feel free to go and listen to that can be quite an uh, an eye opener for that as well yep. Thank you.